Okay, welcome to House of Decline, fellas and ladies and non-binary individuals. Uh, what what a show we have for you today. First off, before we introduce anyone, at the top of the show, I'm going to plug our Patreon. Patreon.com slash House of Decline. That's H-A-U-S of Decline. It's different from the regular house. I don't know why. We just did it that way. German. That's Patreon. What? Because it's German. It's German, yeah. And that's why we have so many German fans for some reason. We have 3% are German fans. 3% are German <laughs> fans because they said, House, that's us. Yeah. That's us. That's us, guys. <laughs> we Germans. We like houses. Um, and so, yeah, patreon.com slash House of Decline. You get extra comics, extra podcasts, behind-the-scenes photos. What a great deal, a deal there ever was. Give to your media people. But today on the show, uh, we have, you heard before, Stephen, as always. Hi. And uh, we have a special guest on, Elijah Cran. Hello. And Elijah, you are a comedian, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I consider myself more like a humorist. <laughs> like you know dave barry that's probably yeah. that's your speed you do little observations you do your little observations about stuff i'm looking up dave barry dave, barry? dave he's, barry he's a columnist he does humorous little bone mows all the time hmm. Hmm. good old okay. dave barry are you a humorist like hl mencken no like i'm more like I'm like the guy that does little, uh, the little satirical articles in the New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shout oh, you're, you're like an Andy Borowitz. Type? Andy Borowitz. Yeah. <laughs> you do it. You do. You do the Kron report where. You... Yeah, I got. I, I'll, I'll say I can say a a, a joke, a Borowitz like uh, little piece right here. If you. All if, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Please. Uh. Today. Uh, NRA spokesman said, we're going to uh, buy guns. <laughs> that's your observation? Yeah. That's great. That's, that's, that's hot. That's what people that, who read The New Yorker want. It's wry. It's witty. It's wry. You know, have you considered going on Prairie Home Companion? It's canceled. You can't go on Prairie Home Companion because it's canceled. They, they, they had to, <sighs> he was, man, yeah. the riff's not going to work because I can't remember his name. The, who's the host? Garrison Keeler. Garrison Keeler. Yeah. Garrison Keeler was going to buy NBC, so they had to, they me too him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to use his Prairie Home Companion money. <laughs> oh, no. Can you imagine, can you imagine him like coming on to a lady Louis C.K. style? Well, sir, going to pull out my penis. Gonna pull it out good in the spring, in the summer. Down, down by Lake Will, will be gone. Yeah, pulling out our penises, you know, <laughs> in, that, in that very style. And he traumatizes them. That's what he would do. He I want to bring it back. I've been trying to think of who the perfect host uh, to bring back Prairie Home Companion would be. Do you, do you guys have any ideas? Like a really, it needs to be a folksy guy. How I think, about? I mean, it could be anyone. I was thinking like. Um, I mean, who's a good guy? Like, uh, how about that banjo player from Mumford and Sons who's also a Nazi? Okay, <laughs> how about that guy? He's real country. He he's real. He's real Midwest rye. Um, I was thinking maybe Chris Rock. 
sure. Absolutely. Doing Prairie Home Companion? Doing Prairie Home I mean, he starred in Fargo. You know, that's a hop, yeah. skip, and a jump away from Prairie Home Companion. Uh, Elijah, you got any you got any ideas of who should be the new host of Prairie Home Companion? You guys seen Deliverance? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just any of those, any of those, <laughs> those guys. Not those the are... main four, not the city slickers that got yeah, what yeah. was coming to them, but... <laughs> Oh boy. That that is the, that's the message of that movie is that uh, in front you know, of a live studio audience, it's squeal like a pig. <laughs> our our one and only bit on Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> well, sir, I'm gonna squeal like a pig <laughs> down by Lake Wobegon in the spring. I'm gonna squeal like a pig. Uh, <laughs> fucking that is a that is a weird genre of uh, of comedy. The the folksy sort of not funny, but you go, huh? That's sort of pleasant. Uh, yeah. That's what Canada's all about. Canadian humor is that. That's what Shit's Creek is. Hmm. It's not funny, but it's sort of warm and inviting, you know. I know my mom thought Shit's Creek was funny. <laughs> that's good. Your mom is terrible at comedy. Forget about your mother. She's she's not doing comedy. No, wow. I'm sure your mom is nice. Are we can't, let, why don't we Why don't we bring up your mom if we're gonna do mom stuff, huh? Uh, okay, yeah. What What is my I was mom? reading this thing, uh, uh, you know, Will Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton, yeah. Um, the guy from Star Trek, like, yeah. young Wesley ensign, Crusher. whatever. He, apparently, he was, like, abused by his parents. What? Uh, well, in in that, they made him be a child actor. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a common, that's a common thing. So, yeah. I just kept thinking of you and your mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh... No, it, well, okay, yes, a little, uh, not really, but she definitely did, was a stage mother. Uh, it was, at, it's at a very, I mean, I don't want to make fun of Will Wheaton, I guess, but <laughs> he, he I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call, you know, let giving you the opportunity to play the coolest character in any Star Trek show abuse. Oh, you're a well, Wesley fan, Elijah? You're a, you're a you huge Wesley guy? Yeah, he's he's a young genius prodigy, and I see a lot of myself in him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, when I was a kid, no fooling, I actually did love Wesley Crusher, and I did see myself in him as the intended, you know, perfect character, perfect kid character. He's the perfect kid. It's Wesley. Okay. His, Will Wheaton's parents stole all of his child actor money. Too. Did they? That's yeah. really bad. That's that is abuse. That is very abusive. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's a, that's a, con dumb, yeah, my mom didn't do that. Dumb all kid, why didn't you set up a bank account? Yeah. yeah. All the, now he has to do nerdist style content for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep reviewing board games. These no, terrible. He's, he's going to be president one day. President Will Wheaton? Yeah. Yeah. Ready he, player one. He's, um, <laughs> he's president. That's a, that's a tome of the future. You're right. It's Reddit. The future is Reddit. You think oh, the, no. the future president is on Reddit right now? The future president oh. is absolutely on Reddit right now. Uh, the current president's on Reddit looking at our ice cream cones going, man, I wish I had one, wish I had one of those. Wow. <laughs> All right. What's, what's the spread? Is the future president on the r slash neoliberal mm. uh subreddit or on the 
r slash i don't know fat people getting old subreddit (laughs) yeah r the last remaining conservative subreddit (laughs) the last fat is it called r fat people getting i don't know i'm just i don't know i'm sure that exists no that's elijah that's pretty much correct like um the the last remaining conservative subreddits are the video ones of bad shit happening to people yeah so if you go to like idiots in cars or public freakout you can find all the conservatives there yeah which is Cause, funny because they're in the comments they're like just just being horrible they have to turn off the comments <laughs> every time someone posts now the moderators are like okay so apparently some of you like to wage a culture war in the comments so we've shut them off until you can behave this is a wholesome subreddit of people having the worst day of their life <laughs> How dare, how dare you interfere with, with your politics? Didn't have to bring red and blue into this. We can all, the, the color of laughter is yellow, you know. For pee. <laughs> exactly, for pee smiles. Is the, pee is the funniest liquid. Um, I used to find those public freakout subreddits very funny. And then as I got older and started having more public freakouts, they got less funny to me. Have you, yeah. have you had some public freakouts lately? No, not, you know, sometimes you'll just be, you'll, you'll be a maniac. Um, there's this guy in my neighborhood and he's, um, he's got, he's, he's has very flamboyantly gay and he talks, he talks like this and he, he carries around, uh, uh, like one of those stereo pills. Then he's bumping like 90s style Euro house music a lot. But this guy is like a huge anti-vaxxer and anti-masker. And he'll go up to people and he'll shout like, you're killing your children. You're killing your children. And he has this haircut. It used to be like a tennis ball. It used to be neon green. <laughs> and then uh, he shaved it into a Travis Bickle style mohawk. And this guy and he'll like pass people on his bike and saying, you wear a diaper on your face. You wear a diaper on your face. And I get and I know this guy is mentally ill and he's probably houseless probably doesn't have a lot of place to go. I shouldn't be mad at him. And but it's just like I, I one day I went up to him and I said, hey, bro, kill yourself. And I, I actually that no, because I did have a public. Fr- I got so fucking mad at him that I told him to kill yourself. Oh, and then shit, he dude. just he just responded to me. You're killing yourself with the mask. And, you know, uh, we, mm. we kept shouting at each other. But, you know, if had someone caught me on film doing that. And posted it on the Reddit. I'm sure it would have made up because it's me who's like a who's like a, a chubster who's like a frumpy looking uh, looking chubster fighting with a very conspicuous looking flamboyant gay man about masks. Okay, um, next time you do it, just do kill yourself and then houseofdecline.com <laughs> and then patreon.com slash houseofdecline. Okay, that's all you have to do. We'll get on Reddit and we'll go. Oh, by golly, we'll make some money. That's uh, that's what our motto should be: is kill yourself. That's our because because it's not a it's not a, a direction. It's just a motto, you know. You're good um, on you're good on Tucker Carlson that way. Uh, fat fat Canadians that draw penis comics are telling you to kill yourself, <laughs> and this is acceptable. Do you like it? I don't. <laughs> I like fat Canadians telling you to kill yourself is funny. I like that conceit. Oh, these goddamn fat ass Canadians coming down. I like this new stereotype of fat Canadians. 
Um, <laughs> these roly-poly Canadians, they're rolling down the Rocky Mountains, and they're taking you. They're taking us honest Americans out like bowling pins. Uh, I don't see why Canadians need maple syrup rations. This isn't World War II anymore. Yeah, you know. Uh, we don't we don't squeeze our bottles of maple syrup Popeye like and ingest them into my, our mouths and then start you know punching Nazis in Ypres. Wait, was Ypres World War One or two? I forget. But y- we Canadians, Ypres, Ypres, Ypres. What? Ypres. It was a, it's spelled Y P R E S. It's a it's a city in France that Canada had a, a large amount to do with in a war. We learn about it in our schools. We learn about all the famous Canadian battles. Yeah, did you know oh. that Canadians were also at D-Day? Nar yes. Beach was not Omaha Beach, but Nebraska Beach. <laughs> we. <laughs> Why didn't you guys get to name the beach after something Canadian? Oh, uh, yeah, question. we should, we should like, have called it Quebec Beach. Yeah, like Saskatchewan <laughs> Beach. Saskatchewan Why is it Nebraska? Beach? I don't know. I don't know what beach we actually landed. I say we like I was there. That's, that's cucked behavior, if you, if you don't mind my appropriation of the term. Uh, Canada, we're we're pretty cucked to America. No That's, one's gonna deny. I, I love no, the appropriate. Got that right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, all of our all of our media is you guys. You know, CanCon is this. We had to. American media is so good that we had to create a law such that it didn't dominate our television. We uh, have you heard about CanCon? Yeah, you have to, like, have a certain amount of Canadian programming on the stations or whatever. Yeah, which is how you get, you know, stuff like, uh, I don't know, Little Mosque on the Prairie. But that was a CBC show. Mm. <laughs> that's Corner Gas. That's awesome. <laughs> Corner Gas. People know. Thank God. Corner for, Gas for... played down here for some what? reason. What? Yeah, in Tennessee. No like, in 2007. Was it because it was country and it was like, oh, country people will relate to this? It was on a channel called, I don't even think it exists anymore, called WGN. Okay. It wasn't even like a cable channel. Yeah. It was a weird also ran broadcast channel that doesn't exist. Uh, hmm. You think there's not a lot going on? Hmm. Look closer, baby. You're so wrong. That happened to me and because wow. we got... We You're got singing t- the opening theme, Not A Lot Going On, by Craig Northey and Jesse Valenzuela. <laughs> <laughs> how, how the hell do you know that? It's a thought to because Corner Gas played all the time in Canada. How uh, does your brain keep the... This is... So many times you surprise me where someone will bring up a very... Something I've never heard of. <laughs> and you start singing the theme song. Uh, well, this... I mean, Corner Gas is... You have to understand that Corner Gas is one of the most overplayed Canadian media properties in our country. Like, it is inescapable. You still see... There's an animated series that's still going on today. What? Yeah, there's a Corner Gas animated series. You can look it up. <laughs> it's still the same guy. It's a... I guess uh, the dad died, so they had to use a different guy for him. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, we got to get our CanCon out. You know, we got to support our good Canadian animators. I'm kind of We're hoping... still going to steal all your good talent anyway. 
Yeah, um, Alex, that's an invitation. Okay, I lo- I'd love to come to. I'd love to come. No, to well, I was kind of banking on the fact that maybe our podcast could be picked up on the Canadian radio or something if they run out of things, you know. <laughs> oh no, we created CBC Nine. We don't have enough content for CBC Nine. No, that's that's untrue. The the entire our Canadian Broadcasting Corporation loses. Uh, they just slash it every year, and it keeps getting smaller and smaller. Uh, there was a time, like, in the 60s and 70s when there was, like, a big fervor for public broadcasting, but it has since waned. It has hmm. since waned. Uh, which makes no sense to me, because, like, you end up with big hits like Shit's Creek that make, a, like, a, a fuck ton of money. Um, uh, like, and you can, you can consistently deal those out. Like, even the CBC was responsible for stuff like Kids in the Hall, which is now uh, achieving a renaissance on Amazon Prime. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know why more governments don't invest in their media, and especially, like, uh, it's stuff that you can export, you know, do your cultural exportation. Pete, you know how many people wanted to move to Canada because of the goddamn bird lady sketch? <laughs> really? People were like, I want to fuck bird ladies. I want to go up to Canada and fuck bird ladies, you know? That's all they got there. Um, I was actually watching Kids in the Hall, and it's shocking to me that you had fucking Scott Thompson doing these pretty rough gay jokes on public Canadian television in 1992. You know, it's uh, I missed I feel like we missed a great era. Now all you have is is Schitt's Creek, where it's like Dan Levy is I guess he's gay, but he's telling very comfy the office style gay jokes, you know. You gotta give the office a little more credit. <laughs> that's true. The office is better than Shit's Creek. That's that's for sure. Uh, well, it's a, no. The office had a lot of good jokes in it. We rag on the office, but uh, it was it has a lot of very very funny moments. Yeah, I have in seen it. it twice, so yeah. can't rag on it that much. Uh, I well, I, there is a show that I've seen a lot uh, because I watched it when I was more uh, emotionally uh, immature, and it was Scrubs. I've seen Scrubs like five times, like all of Scrubs. Huh. What's Even the, the weird song? ninth season. Can you sing the theme song? Uh oh yeah, of course. I can't do I can't this make this all on my own. My own. <laughs> I'm no Superman boo. <laughs> nice. I can remember a bunch of the like because licensed music was a huge part of the Scrubs universe. And so, so you had Colin huh. Hay from men at work doing the song overkill and you had a big <laughs> overkill everyone loves that men at work song no not down under it's overkill everyone's favorite men at work song they did uh, the we come from the land down under that one yeah yeah we come but he also did a song that that was featured on scrubs and they had mm. the down under guy playing acoustic guitar while jd went through some a montage of hospital mishaps um it's a very weird show. So uh, there's this thing in The Simpsons, which like what James L. Brooks specifically brought to The Simpsons was the idea that occasionally if you do a little sentimentality, then your comedy hits a lot better because it's like, oh, these characters are human. I can relate to them better. You know, it's in The Simpsons with Moaning Lisa. It's like the already it's a great episode. They do something very sweet. And that grounds you to these characters. But you only devote about like two or three percent of the runtime of the episode to the sentimental moments. 
Scrubs was like, we are going to devote 40% of the goddamn show to these incredibly weepy, sentimental moments. So it has this uh, <laughs> very saccharine, Paul McCartney-esque quality to it, you know. Hmm. But that's selling Paul McCartney short. Paul McCartney's better than Scrubs. Also, there's a lot of sex on that show, too, for a network <laughs> sitcom, I feel like. There was too much sex on Scrubs. I didn't say too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, they had the. It's that uh, the pretty Carla. I know that she appears in a lot of stuff. She's pretty. She's a pretty lady. Also, uh, Elliot. The, I think she's also on Rick and Morty. She plays the mom on Rick and Morty. She's a good actor. They're they're good act. Well, not Zach. Zach Braff. I don't. I don't. I never got the charm. I feel like they perfected Zach. They did a better version of Zach Braff with Ben Schwartz. You know. So we got it right this time. Who's, we got who's the they? Huh? Who's the they? You said they did. Who's the, they? The, the, uh, um, big Yakub. Okay. Yakub and his scientists continuing to craft Jews. They, who make, they craft who white control Jews. Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> no. It's, it's the, the Jews control Hollywood, but it's not the ones you think. It's the black Israelites. <laughs> Yes, exactly. The guys on the street corner are just a front. <laughs> Mel Brooks was a black man. <laughs> Many people don't know this, but Mel Brooks was a black man. Harvey Weinstein. No, <laughs> I'm not going to go. Hmm. No, 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 no. This could go, um, this could go any, any number of directions. All of them are fascinating to me. <laughs> all of them are wonderful. All oh, them. man. <laughs> um. Uh, so yeah, uh, don't don't watch Scrubs, don't watch Garden State. I don't. Did you watch Garden State? Did you have a weepy moment with Garden State when you were a teen? I mean, I liked it okay, but I didn't really. You didn't define was... yourself. No. <laughs> what What was your teen movie uh, that you defined yourself on? Or like a movie? I wasn't that... a huge movie guy. Uh... Or was uh, like a TV show or like a character you wanted to emulate. Because that's like for Zach Braff, people wanted to be the Zach Braff guy in Garden State, like a pathetic indie music loving guy hmm. who gets. Yeah, they did. Manic Pixie Dream Girl was coined because of that movie, because of Natalie Portman in that movie. That's kind of a mean phrase, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Well. Uh, I think who's the guy that invented Nathan Rabin, right? Is the guy that invented it, the AV Club film critic, and wow. um, he he later came to regret it because it it was used to describe too many people. You know, it was later like, used to describe his own wife. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! It's kind of, you don't like it when it's the shoes on the other foot, Nathan Rabin. Um, manic pixie dream girl. Man, have you? Did you ever want a a manic pixie dream girl, a Ramona Flowers? Mm, she was pretty hot, but <laughs> she was. Uh, in that movie, was was Scott Pilgrim a big deal? For, Scott Pilgrim was a big deal to me because it took place in Toronto, and he was like, "This guy, this guy's like my. He lives in the same place I live in. That makes it cool." Also, the art's pretty good. I like the art in it. I think I'd already graduated when it came out, but I really, I, I love the movie just on like a, just an entertainment level. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like from what I've heard, cause you're slightly younger than us. I think you're, are you, would I'm you 30. 
You're thirty. Okay, you know you're not. You're you're well, you're basically slight, no, slightly younger. Yeah, we're slightly. Like you are slightly younger. So, but not. But not I've heard huge from there. Zoomers. Apparently, Zoomers are obsessed with Scott Pilgrim. Like it's a big Zoomer shibboleth movie. Like uh, it's uh, what is that to millennials? I guess to what Garden State was to millennials, Scott Pilgrim is to Zoomers. It comes out mm. like when you're in high school or when you're in middle school and you see it, and it's like it becomes your role model of what cool is supposed to be, or if not cool, what sensitive or emotional is supposed to be. Um, I think with me, you know, it wasn't Garden State for me. I think my fetish objects, my movie or entertainment fetish objects were anime. That's what I modeled. I modeled myself after Luffy. I wanted to be Monkey D. Luffy more than anyone else. You were watching One Piece in high school? Oh, yeah. That's funny. I had a friend who also watched a lot of One Piece in high school. Uh... Well, that's when the anime was good. Before they, after, after Cypherpole, after, um, I shouldn't say, after Any's Lobby, the anime goes straight to shit. I'm going to tell you some real One Piece talks. What, what people are here for is real, some real One Piece talk. Hey, we have a review of the podcast on Apple, Apple, <laughs> Apple Music. And what? it's what like, they, they give us four stars. Oh. They're like, it's a good podcast, but they don't talk about anime enough. <laughs> really so, yeah so we gotta br i try to bring it up a little more i try to bring anime up a little more um my favorite i love you know it's my favorite thing is recommending anime and saying like i know it's very horny i know these these girls are under 18 but stick with it it gets good <laughs> i love having that i love having that disclaimer that i have to give to people before watching anime um that was me with Gurren Lagann. Like, I recommend Gurren Lagann, but it's also, you know, it's a very excessively horny show. Not excessively, but that's part of what makes it, that's part of the charm, I would argue. Um, I can't think of anything else. What's what's excessively horny in our mainstream? Because Marvel movies are very unhorny. Yeah, that's they what talk I've about too. that. Do you guys think that's like a valid criticism of the Marvel movies, that there's no sex in them? Maybe not there's no sex, but it's they're very they're, they are loveless movies. It's like you don't see people be passionate in them. You see people be like stoic and serious, but hmm. Well, I think I figure sure they could have they could horn it up a little more. Um, like remember there was that one Marvel movie where oh, man, like the lady who's in blue. Yeah, is naked. Remember blue, that? The she's blue, like, oh, Mystique? But Mystique. that's not sexual. She was, she's just, oh, that's just her everyday naked. wear. Yeah. And what, that was a, that wasn't like a MCU movie either, right? Yeah. It was a Brian Singer pedophile universe. <laughs> it was the Marvel pedophile universe. <laughs> the MPU. It was an MPU movie. Uh, <laughs> um, I forgot they had two different universes. Yeah, you know, there's Earth 616, and then there's uh, there's Earth... Under 14. Uh, under 14. Right. <laughs> no! Oh, no! No! Uh, uh, I don't want to know about that. Yeah, but she wasn't naked because she didn't have any nipples. She had spikes. She was oh, spiky nip like so a cat nipples, penis. Nipples is what defines nudity. Exactly. If it oh, ain't I got see. no nipples... My penis doesn't have any nipples. Exactly, which is why you can show it. It's why you show it everywhere. <laughs> That's cool. That's why you should show your penis on television. I bet if, like, if you did have a penis that looked like one of my guys' penises, 
you probably could get away with showing that on TV because people would be like, oh, that's nothing sexual about that. You mean one of your cartoons? Yeah, one of my, okay. my cartoons. I call them my guys. They're yeah, my guys. Okay. <laughs> You're little guys. Yeah, my little guys. I can... Um, Man, sometimes when I'm drawing little guys, you ever seen that horrifying footage of the claymation Mark Twain adventure where they meet the devil and he has like a mask and oh. he's he builds these little he builds this little model of claymation dudes that live and then he destroys them all and it's in front of a bunch of little children who are traumatized watching it. It's a very it's a very uh it's called The Stranger and it's uh Will Vinton Studios and it's just great. It's a great piece of animation. But it uh, became an internet meme because of how incredibly creepy it was for a children's production. Hmm. Um, I think that's something that I think we need to bring back really scary children's movies. I think that like Return to Oz and uh, fucking uh, there's there's like really scary sequences and uh, Secret of Nim and Brave Little Toaster. That's what I that's what I was like always sad that Don Bluth eventually became so saccharine because some of those sequences in Nim go pretty fucking raw. So, <laughs> some of those adventure of Nim mouse sequences get right up inside my my uh, wonder boner. That's like the the rats of Nim, right? Yeah. I think I read a couple of, of those books. They escape from the lab, right? Uh, yes, that is a part of the but but in the book it's mystified. They have they have gods and the legends. Which uh, it's a it's a good movie. I love the no one no one no animation fan could say the secret of Nim is a bad movie. Hmm. And Don Bluth, he did who's did Don he do, Bluth? He was a Disney else? animator. He did Fievel. Oh, okay. Which I think you're talking about is Fievel, Does Fievel count as Jewish or not? Yeah, Fievel yeah. is a Jew. He's explicitly Jewish in the movie. Well, making making them into little rats. That's so uh, so progressive. Well, it's funny. So you say that. <laughs> so Mouse came out around the same time as Fievel, and uh, Mouse is like, I I talk, I was talking about this with a friend yesterday. I hate fucking happy Holocaust movies. Movies where somebody learns something from the Holocaust. Or like it's a Gentile's journey and he has the character arc and he saves the instead of saving the cat, he saves the Jew. And that's like Schindler's List. Life is beautiful. Uh, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, fucking Jacob the Liar. You know, happy nice. Holocaust movies. Um, but, what about so, the boy in the striped pajamas? <laughs> have they made where the, where the Nazi realizes it's bad on his own? It's like, oh, my son died. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he has there are people. <laughs> well, the important thing about the Holocaust is a Nazi learns something. That's the important <laughs> thing about the. And that's, uh, you know, to me, that's what a lot of those movies do. And like movies, there aren't a lot of movies. I'd even say Spielberg does it better in Band of Brothers when they discover Auschwitz. And it's like this scene of immense horror. It's not the scene of relief. It's oh, this my, scene yeah. of my you're dad made us, the negativity of humanity. My dad made us skip and, that scene. He said something about historical inaccuracies. So we, we, I didn't get to watch that part. Nah. <laughs> yeah. What you gonna do? Uh, <laughs> that's a <laughs> that joke's rough. It's a rough Why? joke, Stephen. <laughs> Why is that a rough joke? <laughs> no. Come on, it's funny. <laughs> um I I had this I don't know, it's this idea of like uh, 
they they drop six million Jews in front of Rain Man, and Rain Man can't. Oh, six, that's six million there. <laughs> I don't wow. know what that joke is, but it's rough. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it's my dad that did it, not me. <laughs> Your dad is the Nazi in this. Yeah, joke. not me. Okay, that's great. You all, that's I always know great. how to. I got. I always got an escape rope. You know. Yeah. We should go full Sam Hyde. We should start doing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Sam Hyde. Um, that sounds annoying. I find him yeah. annoying. Yeah, he's annoying. He's an annoying guy. It's like, uh, you can only do that, like, nihilistic kayfabe thing so much before it becomes tiresome. Yeah. Agree. He's not fun- not good. Not good. Not funny. Yeah. Well, I think there... I've definitely laughed at some Million Dollar Extreme sketches, and, um... That the one thing that I saw him that made turn me on to him was his TEDx talk, which was very fun. That shit is very funny. He's like uh, dressed up like a centurion or yeah, something. Yeah, he's dressed up and he's like he the whole audience is turned on him and he's like keeps going and going. I think that so that's the joke, right? He's just makes everyone uncomfortable. And he keeps doing that same joke over and over again, which is why it's tiresome. It's like, oh I get it, you make people uncomfortable. That's your whole bit. Um and uh, but yeah, he actually donated like five thousand dollars to the Daily Stormer guy for his legal defense fund. All right, so, uh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. I don't, I don't know. Oh no, it's a bit. <laughs> it's a bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. a. I'm, like, I'm making people uncomfortable with my. Yeah, bit. I'm making people uncomfortable. Like donating a lot of money to the Daily Stormer guy. Yeah, <laughs> that shit is. Yeah, ethics and comedy. People have a lot of comedians are very are the most ethical people on earth. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Actually, you guys are joking, but it is actually uh, <laughs> true for me specifically. Yeah. What are your ethics, Elijah? Uh, you can. Can we just circle back? Uh, yeah. All right. All right. That bit went nowhere. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's like, what are your ethics? No, no. You're what are uh, do you? Because are you a Carlin guy? Are you? Do you love Carlin? Uh, no, nah, not. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, his stuff's just not funny. To like his early stuff is just like really basic observational, like you know stuff. Mm-hmm. But Seinfeld did way better twenty years later, mm-hmm. and then his later stuff is just—it's just like it's almost like like the Clapter like kind of ranting, like yeah. very few punchline almost giving like a TED talk with like jokes, old man, which is cloud type stuff. And he says some, like, I mean, he has like some, you know, interesting stuff to say in good views, but it's not funny to me. Uh, I think there are two bits, which I can say that I've genuinely laughed at is, which is his football versus baseball bit where the bit is he transitioned. I'm a happy baseball guy. I'm an angry football guy. And you know that, that something in my brain that triggers something in my brain where I'm like, it's funny because they're opposites. And uh, I, I, the other one is stuff. I like the stuff bit where he talks about needing all your stuff and a house is a place for all your stuff. And, you know, I, I think uh, there, there's some, uh, there's some, there's some comedy in there, but he was, he was known to, that's what comedians want to be is Lenny Bruce, right? Every, every comedian went, once they get to a certain point of, adulation or fame you know they think of themselves as like a lenny bruce type that's their downfall that's when they stop being funny Mm -hmm. that's when lenny bruce stopped being funny it's weird that they see him it's like oh lenny bruce as when he got obsessed with his own 
uh, obscenity trial, he just ranted about that and stopped telling jokes. And comedians, when they like hit that age 40 or something, are like, I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about Bill Hicks? I haven't listened to much of his stuff, but I kind of feel the same way about yeah. it. Yeah, ranty. He yeah, has some. <laughs> he gets he gets like pretty edgy sometimes, um, <laughs> which I used to like. And like you know, he has a think a famous bit where he says like Hitler didn't go far enough. Yeah, he, and he should have killed everybody. Yeah, it's like wow, man, that's so edgy. That's like edgy, everybody, man. like the whole audience too. <laughs> Even the guys paying for this? Like, what? No, that's us. That's the audience. We don't like that. Um, uh, it, yeah, it's very... I love that Tool loved him. I love the overlap oh, yeah. between Bill Hicks that's and Tool. Kind of, if Tool loved something, it's a little... Like, wait, hmm. <laughs> Tool also I feel liked like Mr. It. Show. Huh? Oh, Tool liked Mr. Show. They were... they uh, Maynard made Pussifer with the Mr. Show guys. Oh, that's a, that's a good show. That's, Mr. Show is good. Mr. Show does hold up, especially that, uh, man, uh, that sketch where the guy is, looks like a wet cigar and he jumped in the acid because of the metal bit. I think oh, yeah. That yeah. shit is so fucking funny to me. <laughs> I like a, a relatively obscure Mr. Show bit the most, which is when they combine mayonnaise and mustard in one. <laughs> Mayo star? Mayo star. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> don't, uh, don't be a slave to the two-jar system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that had that had now discredited uh, comedian Jay Johnston. He is not discredited. No, he just he just did, was at January. Yeah, what happened? I thought they were investigating you. Um, I think he. I don't know if he got in trouble for it, except for getting kicked off of Bob's Burgers. Which yeah. <laughs> he's not. He's not in the Bob's. He's not able to did, be did, in the. Did, did Olden Kirk like pretend to be Saul and go into court with him? Like <laughs> that, that would be good. I. I, from what I've heard, uh, from from the commentary around it, people were just like drinking. Man, don't don't drink, man. <laughs> That's what got him. Uh, when they got Paul F. Tompkins for Paul, the the official Paul F. Tompkins comment. Uh, Paul oh. F. Comp Compkins, they call him when he's commenting. I used to. I, I don't hear much from him, but I, when I was listening to Comedy Bang Bang, <clears throat> I mm -hmm. would always hear from him, but. I don't hear from him anymore these days. What happened to him? He's on that Robert Evans podcast a lot. He's on Behind the Bastards a bunch for some huh. reason. He's doing okay. a guest spots on there, which is isn't Robert Evans. You know, I'm sure he's fine or whatever. He was a cracked writer, which is a, it's, its own form of indignity. But uh, <laughs> no, cracked writers. We love you out there, cracked writers. Yeah, um, sure. No, they're fine. Uh, yeah, they're all listening to the show. It's fine. Five phrases <laughs> that are more racist than you might think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should bring cracked writing back. We should bring super listicles back. Everyone, everyone. I, I always had this joke, which I could never develop, which was the punchline is Schindler's listicle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> One hundred Jews that are worth saving. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, maybe, maybe I could expand that out. Uh, <laughs> um, but um, I can't even remember what I was talking about. I, uh, uh, Crack.com crack style stuff. And Robert Evans, right? Robert. So do you know about Robert Evans, Elijah? Uh, he's. I just know he hosts that podcast. Yeah. But it's weird having like your leftist podcast on iHeartRadio, which is Clear Channel, 
which is one of the most, you know, <laughs> fundamentally well, hey, evil corporations. Michael Moore. I mean, is it only on? Because I, ha- I like, subscribe to it on, like, the regular podcast, like, the Apple yeah. podcast app. I wonder I wonder what the money, I don't know what the contract deal. I know it is backed by iHeartRadio, which is a very, <laughs> it's just, it's, you know, that's what's funny about capitalism. Or It's like Rupert Murdoch funding The Simpsons. Does it make me money? I don't care that it makes fun of my stupid network. It makes me money. There's, <laughs> there's a certain kind of respect that I have for that ethos where you just let on the dissenting point of view because it's that, you know, that's very much, you know, our, our favorite subject on the show, the commodification of dissent. My favorite subject, the commodification of dissent. I think Michael uh, Moore's stuff is all on Amazon Prime, and he's always doing Amazon Prime ads, like on his Michael Moore podcast. <laughs> that's bizarre. It's so weird. That is a little weird. But you yeah. got to use the tools of the master's house to tear it down. Exactly. That's how the cult went, right? That's exactly how the quote goes. You got to use the master's tools. They're good tools. The master used them. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I hope we get big. I mean, that's the thing is I think we stopped being nominally left wing because of our desire to make money. <laughs> oh, we? Because, you and me? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, that's exactly why I stopped being nominally left wing. <laughs> I was before I was definitely yeah. nominally. Well. I'm still left wing, but this is no longer a left wing pod. We used to be a left wing. We were trying to get on that media. Grip. Did we? Were we no, really? I, that was me. That was me. I was trying to be. I was trying to be. You the were new, always like correcting shit I was saying. Yeah, I was trying to be the new Jake Flores, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it didn't Let's, work out. Well, we were trying to think up. Were we trying to think up controversies? Was that on the bonus pod that, that we just recorded? That was on the recorded? bonus. Pod. Oh, well, yeah, we can't that rehash that bit because we all can of rehash our, that bit. We can all of continue. our paying customers will be so pissed. Um, yes. We did have. We were going to do a bit. Remember our bit? Our bit. You were going to do a bit where we were at a, a comedy boot camp. Oh yeah, we're going to have a tactical comedians boot camp. We have fifteen minutes left to do. I, I screwed that up in the intro because the intro was supposed to be, <laughs> look. There are safe there are spaces in our society that need to be safe. Too many vulnerable people are being attacked at these institutions. These institutions which should be for learning, for knowledge, people are getting attacked at them. And these people are of course comedians. You know, yeah. uh, cuz you you'd think it's a school shooting joke. Because of because of the the atrocities, the recent so atrocities. It, when I when you first said comedy boot camp, I thought it was the place you would go to learn how to be funny, but it's not for that. No, it's tactical comedian boot camp. It's, it's to learn how to fight. It's to learn how to fight. Yeah, it's to learn how to use a knife. Okay. It's to learn how to comedians in this in this rough and tumble era. It's the comedian that will become mad. Imagine if Chris Rock had a knife. <laughs> just started and stabbing just stabbed Will him. Smith. Stabbed just Will Smith escalated a lot. Yeah. Stabbed him to death. Will right Smith there. pulls out a bigger knife. <laughs> it's like a comedy situation. He pulls out a big mallet. <laughs> That's what we should do. We should we should use the weapons of comedy like big mallets and anvils. Yeah. How can you make the self defense part of your comedy? Yeah. <laughs> What you want to do is you want to use the hard K sound when you're slashing at someone with your Bowie knife. I call I call, I call bazooka. Okay. <laughs> That's your comedy weapon? Yeah, my comedy weapon for when yeah. someone someone says uh, so I say someone's wife's name too many times. <laughs> and then you bazooka. Hey, you 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 got a bald wife. 
<laughs> but I'm holding a bazooka. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you can do. We need to do preemptive comedy strikes on, oh. on civilians. <laughs> can you imagine? They're, they're just yeah. dropping me on Yemen. And I'm like, who likes to laugh, folks? <laughs> hey, Yemen. Yemeni people. It's your favorite guys. Jews. <laughs> and we're here to make you laugh. <laughs> Um, uh, kinetic comedy strikes. <laughs> kinetic comedy strikes. Um, what are other military terms that we can use with uh, with comedy? Hmm. Uh, we, we there's comedy boot camp, of course. There's the comedy navy. All we send all the gay comics there. Tim Dillon cleans up there. Yeah, he would do in, very well in the in comedy the navy. navy. I bet he just he, talks. I bet he does U.S. USO shows. Do <laughs> you think he's banging banging soldiers at the USO shows? Yeah, he's a top. You think Tim Dillon's a top or a bottom? I don't know. I don't have that that precise kind of gaydar that you do. I don't have that. I'm my gaydar is really bad <laughs> for a gay man. I, I think everyone's gay, which is my <laughs> my <Cool>. curse. Yeah. <laughs> This is, it's on the fritz. It's over. I have overclocked gaydar, so I just assume everyone's gay. But it's true. I can sense the gayness in everyone. Um, You know, in Dragon Ball Z, when they go to Namek and Krillin and uh, Gohan go to Guru and Guru unlocks their potential. That's what I would like that powers, but with gayness. I would like to be able to put my hand on somebody's forehead and unlock their gay potential. And, and they're like, I, there's so much energy in me now. There's so much energy. I can do destructo discs. Destructo dicks, more like it. I, I don't know, understand any of these references. These but Dragon I Ball Z references? I Are you not a South American teenager? I do you not understand you these so Dragon much Ball Z references? For knowing all of these references, I can only nod in agreement. <laughs> Elijah, what's your mileage on Dragon Ball Z? Uh, all right. I'm. If I had to pick a Dragon Ball Z character that I was, yeah. Uh, I would be Goku because he's the best, right? But I would also be combined with Vegeta because he's a bad boy who plays by his own rules. Exactly. And that, that happened in the show that you could be be Gogeta. You could fuse and become Gogeta. Or and Vegito. I would be Piccolo, so I could. Uh, I could rip my own dick off and just grow it back just as a party trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's something you can do in front of people. They never they never showed that. That was one of the filler episodes that he did that in, is he rips his own dick off. <laughs> hey, Bigelow, do you have any neat party tricks? Oh, I can do this, Goku. <laughs> oh, wow, that's cool. Um, <laughs> the, the lost dick ripping episode. <laughs> the, the loss i love how all of the horror stories we have now revolve around lost media for some reason it's all about oh it's the secret spongebob episode that will kill you if you watch it it's the it's the secret totally spies episode that they had to remove for its frank depiction of human trafficking uh, <laughs> the lost dragon ball episode where master roshi uh Gets me too. <laughs> Finally, the episode where Master Roshi is 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 uh, uh, in, indicted for his crimes against women. Um, I mean, in the, in the original Dragon Ball, Bulma, who is very much underage, definitely does flash him in order to get things from him. 
Uh, so, you know, anime. Anime, people! Anna, it's what you want. It's... Okay. <laughs> well, resounding advertisement for anime. Um, I saw one of those guys, because um, there are these guys that are like, waifus are much better than real women. And I saw this guy. I don't know if it's like he's doing a bit or not, but he does a TikTok dance of like, um, all these waifu guys are so pathetic. All these underage waifu guys are so pathetic. And then he does a little dance to some J-pop song where he flashes a bunch of underage anime women yeah, on screen. I sent and you said, that video. You did you send me that? Yes. Video? <laughs> That's very funny. That guy's a freak. That guy's a real freak. I, I have even no if trouble. It, even if it's a joke, it's like he, he, he's putting his face on there. That's thousands of retweets. Like <laughs> <laughs> of you. And now you're the guy whose face is associated with uh, underage anime lust. So, like, I'm wondering if any job would not fire you if that got sent to them. <laughs> he should get a job with Black Rifle Coffee. They should. They're going that. They're going under. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I've heard it's sad that they couldn't keep. Who who'd have thought that conservatives don't like coffee? They're all drinking Bang Energy Drink. They're all. <laughs> uh, what, they were what getting, if they were getting? There was like a Ponzi scheme kind of thing. They were getting people to invest in them. They're mm. like valued at like they're like a seventeen billion dollar coffee company. <laughs> <laughs> that only sells to conservative people. I feel like you're you're limiting your customer base if you're the conservative coffee. Coffee knows no political uh, political bat. Well, that's not true at all. Coffee knows a lot of political. Yeah, don't you remember? <laughs> don't you remember in the '90s when the people were all about fair trade coffee? What happened to that issue? It's still there. I mean, people advertise as fair trade, but you have no way of verifying whether it's fair trade or not. We should spend the next eight minutes doing a deep dive on the current state of fair trade coffee. Right, that, you, know, you don't have to be conservative to drink black rifle coffee. <laughs> that should that's their you new just have to, you know, love the troops or maybe, you know, you want to you want to feel a little, you know, like a little extra badass before your, you know, your presentation at work. Yeah. You know, you got a uh, family court coming up. Got to stay sharp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With your black rifle sure. coffee before family court. You know, blasting, uh, blasting, you know, Eminem, who was stank, uh, <laughs> yeah. Carly Ray Jepsen, right. you know, because you, you, you opened everything. <laughs> You're, yeah, they, they should do the enlightened centrist pivot. Before your domestic court, your domestic violence court case. Uh. <laughs> Look, DV knows no political boundaries, just like Black Rifle Coffee. Uh uh, I should say false DV accusations. <laughs> false DV accusations. No, no political boundary. Just like Black Rifle. Yeah, they're they're the enlightened centrist MRA people, I guess. Yeah, Johnny Depp's drinking it before every day before court. <laughs> I, I love Black Rifle coffee. Uh, the glass that shattered my hand actually was filled with Black Rifle coffee. Uh, uh, it's Heard versus Depp, week eighty. Um, yeah, I think they're finally uh, wrapping it up, and um, thank goodness. It's been real gonna long. Get, I think they're going to get back together. <laughs> I somehow, somehow, I think these two crazy kids are going to make it. Yeah, that's your favorite, Alex. That's your favorite thing. It's like, oh, you kids are crazy about each you other. You two kids are crazy about each other. Yeah, I love, I love, I love calling anyone younger than me kids. <laughs> I love being an old guy. I yeah, think so yeah, that's why I never had a. That's why I don't like Arcade Fire 
Because I feel like in order to like Arcade Fire, you had to feel young at least once in your life. And your childhood was stolen, of course. <laughs> my childhood was stolen by my stage mother parents. <laughs> Alex! Do, do, the, do the monologue from Macbeth better! No, terrible! Terrible! Put the emphasis... You're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable! You'll never get into... You'll never get on Degrassi that way! You'll yeah. never be on Degrassi. You, and you You'll never, never were. be like. Canadian. Man, you could have been. You could have been the next. You could have been Drake. I could have been Drake. I could have been Drake with my Canadian rap, with my nice, clean Canadian well, rap. Well, let's be honest. You could have been the Drake's friend. <laughs> uh, we had we had a white What's his rap, name? A famous. Uh, What's his name on the show? Drake's friends. Sorry. I don't know. Drake's friends. Oh, one, 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 one more thing about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing. I don't know who's innocent, who's guilty, but to be safe. They should have that clockwork orange procedure done on both of them. Just <laughs> absolutely, Luda Vito technique. They should show them each other's movies and make them fall in love again by doing the Luda Vico technique on them. Um, what if Johnny Depp he he, he couldn't watch Aquaman because he got insanely jealous of Jason Momoa, <laughs> and he and Jason Momoa are in bad terms because of it. That what is why is Jason. Oh, because Amber Heard plays the love interest in that movie. Oh, okay. They got so a lot of chemistry. See, they got a Aquaman. lot of chemistry. They don't have any chemistry. They do not. If have. I couldn't watch Aquaman, I'd kill myself. <laughs> that shit. <laughs> that movie rules. Uh, I unironically, actually, I do like the Aquaman movie. Um, I think it I has think a lot of good stuff. Didn't in he? It. Didn't he say? I think Jason. Mom, Mom, how do you say his last Momoa, name? Momoa. I think Momoa. He said it was the like the tool of the of the Marvel movies, like the band tool. He compared what? Aquaman to the to the music of Tool. Oh, what? What? And he said that. Kinda, that I kind of wanted to see it because I'm a, I'm the biggest Tool fan on the podcast. Does, does this mean there's going to be a Conor O'Malley Aquaman video? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love Conor O'Malley. I know the fishes talk because I heard them speak to me. Talk a fish, talk a fish, now bomb. This is fucking stupid. You can't even count the time signature of that movie. Shut up! It's not even possible. No one can understand the complexities of schism. I've listened to it 5,000 times. Uh, tool fans should do no fap, but according to the Fibonacci sequence. Yeah, oh, you so think they, we don't do? You think we don't? <laughs> you you hold your semen for you hold your semen for one day, you hold it for another day, then you hold it for two days, then you hold it for three days, yeah, then you well, hold it for five days, then you. So you you know how fish fans like have like get-togethers outside of the of, of the fish yeah, concert. Yeah. Tool fans go to a monastery, okay, <laughs> once a year. Yeah, and. It, it's at that point we ejaculate in a fractal pattern okay we make a <laughs> like fractal the, like of the ejaculate guys in the video vomiting the the black sludge you <laughs> you lift up and you all come in a fractal circle yeah oh that's funny i love i love tool monastery day <laughs> Get, getting together with all your tool buddies well, everyone, like, I, I don't know. I really am into Tool. Uh, yeah. But it's, I can make fun of it because um, I did, I listened to Tool every day for like a year. That's a lot of Tool. Like, like, like a couple albums every single day. 
they inspire that devotion in um, <laughs> your brain needs to be you're not really listening to tool if you're not also micro dosing cbd every day <laughs> Uh, I mean, I was macro-dosing a lot of things at that point. Probably probably having 12 to 16 to maybe even 24 beers a day. And... <laughs> that's that's macro-dosing. It's a lot of beers. Uh, having a good time. Work doing um doing my landscaping job. Mm, I miss ta- the landscaping talk- I was talking to my cigarettes. <laughs> I would be like, I would like look, start smoking like my... 25th cigarette of the day and look down at it and be like ah cigarettes you'll never leave me you'll never <laughs> break up with me you'll, cigarettes you'll never leave me move away or break up with me <laughs> <laughs> tool blasting in your headphones oh, yeah. I'm lamenting. Doing, doing a horrible job at the at hedge trimming like my boss came out and was like what the fuck why did you, you cut fra- I'm trimming the hedges in fractal patterns <laughs> Your mind's not advanced enough to see it. You gotta listen to more tool. Listen, you're not understanding the rhythm of these leaves. It's a very complicated rhythm. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Go Um, check out tool.com. Okay, it's time for plugs. Um, Elijah, what can what would you like to plug? And we can also put any links for you in the description of the pod, which people should go check. Man, I really, I really should have. Start have started a podcast months ago or something that I could plug <laughs> yeah. instead of being lazy. But just my Twitter uh, at Elijah Cron E L I J A H C R A N. That's like the only thing. That's, <laughs> Follow hey, me. You got you got you're on the you're on the Twitter. Do you have a YouTube? Can they see your stand up clips on YouTube or no YouTube yet? Uh, I have a YouTube. Uh, I have a, I have a set it's like my pin tweet uh, aside from that i don't really have oh there is there's a video of a table read of a uh like a young sheldon spec script i wrote on youtube <laughs> that's good that's good everyone it's not that. under my account but if you search lookout uh, lookout comedy festival young sheldon spec script it'll come up okay Everyone, look out for that young Sheldon Spectre. Yeah, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna link to it in the podcast description. I have mm-hmm. it up already. It's, it's very. I sound. It's it's very. It's very fun. It's very good. Hell yeah, uh, Elijah! Thank you so much for being on. A pleasure to have you. Yeah, please. Thank come you for back. having me. Yeah. Anytime you want to come on the show, please come back. Yeah. Anytime you got something you want to talk about, if you got if you got uh, uh, well, uh, Elijah's corner. <laughs> hey, I'll be on however or whenever. However, I I'm on disability. I'm unemployed. I have unlimited free time, basically. So hell yeah, you're on as much or as little as you want. Great fucking rules. Well, we do this on Sundays, so you know the Lord look day. out look out for Sundays. The lo- yeah, the Lord's Day. That's yeah. why we do it on Sundays. Truckosaurus is coming next Sunday, so I'm not gonna <laughs> oh, not available. Next yeah, Sunday. I would okay. choose Truckosaurus over us any day of the week. Maybe we could do a lot. What? Let me look up what Truckosaurus is, and then see. We if we, we, can we do should it. try and open for Truckosaurus. <laughs> is that a band? No, it's a it's a truck. It's a it's a monster truck it's that a monster eats truck other trucks. Rally? We should do a live version of this. I mean, it's a Simpsons reference. Am I the only autistic person? It's, no, it's a Simpsons. On this it's podcast, a reference. they, no, they get are... their car eaten by Truckosaurus, and then they. 
I remember. I remember. This. I thought Truckosaurus was a real thing. <laughs> I, I, thought was, I thought it was based on a, a real is a, robot is, truck. It is a band. There, there is a band. Of course, there, there is, is a band, band called Truckosaurus, and and they have an album called Fast Times at Tardcore High.